Yo, yo, yo! Welcome to episode 49 of Wings, Beers, and Tears. We are talking sports in the DMV. It is your favorite sports podcast in the DMV. Cheers on another very hot and humid evening. And we are now in August in the throes of actual NHL playoff hockey, which is going on as we speak. Game one is going on, so that will not uh, interrupt our picks that we are going to give you here shortly. Uh, but first of all, let's go around the table. It's been a couple weeks, but not as long as our previous hiatus. So how are we doing tonight, gents? Not too bad. How are you boys doing? Excellent, Jeremy. Glad to hear your voice and uh, see everybody back. Jerry, how are you? I'm fucking amazing. Yes, you that, are. Is, that is a fact. Amazing. That is a fact. And really I am Todd, you. and this is your DMV Sports Podcast. Give us a follow on iTunes, on Google Play, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We'll be there right alongside you. All right, so tonight we're going to spend most of our time on the NHL playoffs and your Washington Capitals, um, and they are, so far, it's proven to be pretty damn exciting. Um, I believe that their return-to-play format was for the fans, for the players. They rolled it out correctly, and so far, so good. Very, very excited. Before we get into that, we are going to talk some college football because in the last 48 hours, there has been some traction for conferences, major conferences, that had previously announced their 10-game schedule and have now uh, put a stop to uh, games in the fall and the foreseeable future. So the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have basically said no football this fall. And we'll get into what that means for everything else. But as it stands now, sounds like the ACC and SEC are just full steam ahead, and they say that they're going to play. Um, so I'm going to leave it to our resident college football expert, Jerry, to go ahead and kick us off here because this is becoming quite a mess really, really quickly, and nothing has even happened yet. So where we stand right now, like you said, Big Ten, Pac-12, say they are going to cancel or postpone in the fall and try to play in the spring, which uh, is a non-starter. They won't play in the spring. Um, the ACC and the SEC um, have so far said that they are going to play, and the Big 12 is voting, but the signs say that they are going to play as well. So what I think you're going to have is you're going to have select teams from the Big Ten mm -hmm. that want to play. Right. And we know who those people are, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. Yep. And they're going to try to find games, um, probably with regional teams. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure there will be an ACC team or two that doesn't play too, right? So if the ACC says we're playing and Georgia Tech says we're not playing. Or Boston College was another one that came to mind. Or Boston you know, College. You know, you know one right, of, right around big major cities like right. that, yeah. They, could, the same. they yeah. could say no thanks. Right. Um, and... You know, the Big 12 could do it. I'm hoping for West Virginia's sake they do play, uh, and here's why. Because I think this is it. I think this is it for uh, conferences. I, I think that the natural trend, because if you're Ohio State and you're Penn State, you lose money with Rutgers being in your conference. Hmm. Um, and they're a drag. You know, every, every conference has a drag team that brings everybody down and, right. and, and ruins things monetarily. And if you can get a power conference that simply – and if you get 20 teams and the, the top 20 programs in the country mm -hmm. and they can make their own conference even if it's split up in different things and that's right. where you pick the national championship from, that's more money for them. So 
So the, you think this is like the end of the NCAA as we have come to know it? I think you're going to see matchups if it goes forward. Right. I think you're going to see matchups like what happens if what happens if the Big Twelve wants to play the SEC and Kentucky and West Virginia are close and they they want to play each other. Mm-hmm. How cool would that be? Right. You know, those right. are that'd be a good game or you know just just matchups where you. You know, I'd rather see West Virginia just do a regional see, schedule we, than play Kansas State and I, all those I, I, guys. All right, so I'm totally with you on that. So as it stands right now, like we said, it's basically up to the individual conferences. So most of your, your mid-major conferences have already mailed it in. They're, they're not playing. The, the, the MAC, uh, the Big West, or Mountain West, you know, those guys are not playing. So what it comes down to is the big, like you said, SEC, ACC, then big, my guess is the top half of the Big 12, you know, top half meaning quality, you know, football programs that are right. going to be willing to play, and then a handful of others spattered around. So to your point, it almost becomes like a big 30-40 team um, tournament, for lack of a better term. I would argue if, if you're going to be able to pull that off logistically in the, the life that we're living right now, it's an it's idiotic not to take advantage of regional matchups. Regional matchups. That's simply my opinion because – before we got on here, NHL has rolled out their bubble very successfully. Right. The NBA has rolled out their bubble very successfully. The PGA Tour has rolled out their full complement of tour events very successfully. NASCAR, same thing. Major League Baseball continues to just struggle and flounder because even though they are testing often, you simply have too widespread a ge- geographical area, too much travel, and too, the roster sizes are too big. But College it, football is a fucking massive roster. Is it floundering? It's, it's having hiccups, but it's continuing to move forward. I say floundering with regard to how many positive tests they have had during the restart compared to the others that I just said. Right. They, they have not been a cohesive unit. They basically said, we're going to do our testing. Everybody scatter. You're on your own. Essentially. you know, And it, it's, it's proven to be somewhat successful because they're playing and they're getting TV ratings, but Compared to the other leagues, they're they're far behind. Yeah, well, you know, in terms of um, the college thing, what's what's what I'm wondering is, like Jerry is saying, this could be the end of conferences. So why can't could be? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think going. I mean, you know, that's that's the ultimate. But just you know, for this specific season, what I'm wondering about is, you know, maybe you know Maryland wants to play, so you play West Virginia. Pitt, UVA, Virginia Tech, maybe Penn. You know, exactly. Regional you can bus to right buses only. Let's say right. just, just to make you know Dude, easier, that's cheaper, absolutely, hopefully safer. You know, and why not? And that's the thing we've been saying all along. NCAA has zero control anyway. Zero. The conferences have control over what each conference does, but I don't think they can control each individual team. Well, what hap- what happens, Jeremy? If 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 the Big Ten says we're playing and we're trying to play the spring. Mm-hmm. And Ohio State and just Penn State. Let's say those two. Then, nah, we're going to play. And they they come up with a schedule with right. other teams, and they can get eight, nine weeks, right? Um, what happens to the Big Ten? What happens if Ohio State plays? They can't then play in the spring. I mean, you, right. can't, you can't play in the fall, spring, and fall. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> right. right. I mean, you definitely wouldn't do all three. I right. Mean, so it would be tough enough to do spring and fall, let alone. Which so is I think a big problem. What I what I think is going to happen now. It all may be shut down because if the governor of Ohio says you're not playing any sports in in Ohio, right? You know, then you can't use your stadium. Well, mm-hmm. then that you know he'd probably not be elected. But you sure. know, other than that, well. Um, uh, See, there's a lot of things going on right now that, you know, 
um, a lot of people don't want it to play because they just don't want it to play. Not because of any protection for kids, but basically, you know, my kid can't play lacrosse, so your kid can't play football, and there's a big stink and all of that. But if you look at it, if you believe what Nick Saban says, and I believe everything Nick Saban says all the time, (laughs) the kids are safe for playing football because, one, they have these new masks that cover the entire face. I saw it. You know, it is. I mean, I don't know how you're going to breathe in it, but whatever. You may have kids dying of lack lack of oxygen, but not COVID. That's wonderful. Um, But if you control them and you test them and you – Maybe not bubble them, but bubble them to the extent of, hey, guys, if you want to play, you can't go to this stuff. You can't party. We're testing you every time, and once you're done, you're done. You know what? You, you bring up a good point because – They're they, actually safer. That you almost, you almost have a self-contained bubble because campuses are going to be a fraction of students – Com- comparatively, you know, right. to what they usually have, or none at all. Yeah, well, even if they're all there, I think the kind of the point is that the the coaches are trying to make is instead of being all over the entire country, they're in you know in well, one yeah, place. Yeah, no, no, no it's exactly. Just that so simple. So, you, you, and the, it is an environment where you can contain them. And the and Clemson players, for example, they didn't get they were not on a football field and got COVID. They were on campus partying their asses off. Dude, they were at the bar and they, got they, yeah, they, right, and got COVID. You know. So you're, but I understand where you guys are going. In my mind, I can't really figure out how it's going to work because once you got the first, once your starting guard gives it, that means your entire line has got to be quarantined. Right. Um, what I'm thinking, trying to be creative, is maybe you don't play a full season. Mm-hmm. Maybe you play like five or six games, at just marquee matchups of the teams that want to. You do it every two weeks, right? And you test all the time. Mm-hmm. So if you know, if if someone gets it, you quarantine, you test, you test, you test, and if you have two weeks, maybe you have a chance to get some pe- other people healthy mm-hmm. uh, who have four negative tests, you know. And then, but I, I think the NFL is the same way. I think you're going to have to play every two weeks yeah. and then bubble yeah. at the end for the playoffs. Or at least have it some kind of 20-week schedule where on short notice you can say we're out this week. Right. And some, you know, you Exactly. You almost, bingo. You know, right. last-minute buy kind of thing. Like, right. why, why do you need to play 17 games? That's stupid. You're right. asking for trouble. Play eight. Right. Go to Vegas, let your top eight teams go to Vegas for the bubble. Yep, and then then you can do it. Mm-hmm. Done. I, think, yeah. I think that's yeah. Smart. But again, being a logistic guy, I, I just I have a hard time understanding how if you, so now that the, the NCA essentially, like we said, has no control. No. Right, the conferences are starting to make decisions as a conference, but then they're saying within that conference, teams can opt out and do what they want to do, either play or not play. Um, it's basically a big free for all. So yeah. my whole point, logistically speaking, is who's running the fucking show? Nobody. That's, cool. Nobody. That's the whole point. You're yeah. going to see it. The Big well, 12 is run by Texas. No, no. I'm saying you need to have a central testing agency. Oh, you need yeah. To have, yeah. Like, I'm talking about who's running the logistics from the top down. There is nobody right well, now. Especially it's going to have to be schools. In, but, but we're inside of three weeks. Yeah, that's, Four weeks. Oh, I know. I know. That, yeah. That's the problem I'm well, having with it. I, I think what, what I'm saying is I think there's going to be a game, but it's not going to be a season. It's going to be... A handful, a handful of games starting in October, from October to November, and there'll be some regional matchups. You know, and so to your point, they're going to do this for financial gain based right. on television revenue, television. and they're going to be they're going to have a captive audience. If you're WVU, you can't have you can't have fans, but what you can do is open up your parking lots, charge fifteen bucks a car, come to the car, put up big screens, and tailgate and watch the game. I think it's kind of a disaster. 
Of course, it's, it's but you're not going to get anybody sick. You're going to get everybody drunk. But you're going to make you could make fifty. You could de- make the revenue you're losing by not paying employees inside the stadium and making up for beer. Basically, what they're doing right now is I think this highlights more more than ever that college football and basketball are basically professional. Right. The, well, of course, the, the revenue that they bring yeah. in. Let's not. Let's not. You know. Yes, there are a good contingent of the athletes that are going to get their college degree and you know they're going to play along and do what they need to do and there's going to be a small minority that are just fucking brilliant and they're going to do something way better after playing on on the whole these are basically semi-pro about to go pro and the money they're making is fucking but massive I, for the school i think it i think it's not all greed right there's some altruism because you're saving swimming you're well, saving wrestling it, yes you're saving Women's basketball. What they're doing right now is they're putting a bandaid on, on just uh, just, just a, get a carotid arteries bleeding, yeah. and they're like, "Please, me, can we just get me through? <laughs> you know, can we just fend it off as long as we can?" Because, like he, you said, I mean, there's there's gonna be plenty of programs that just never recover. And yep. here's why they can't play in the spring, and that was that's what I thought that they should do, right? Because me too, yeah. But if you're so, um, Chad Dukes had on Joe Corey today. I think it was Joe Corey, it may have been some yep. other agent, and he said, "There's absolutely no way." A draftable or undraftable but free agent type player will play in the spring. Right. Because you cannot play if you're getting ready for the biggest payday of your life. You just won't do it. I agree with that when it comes to especially the top half of the first round or something like that. But I think other guys could see it as an opportunity. It's every single – Unless every single draft eligible player doesn't want to play, which, I mean – I, I, that doesn't really make any sense to me. Well, it's an opportunity, but you always have opportunity. You have opportunities at the combine. You have opportunities at your pro day. What happens? God forbid, and it happens every year. You go out. You're playing in the spring semester. There's not going to be any college playoffs. You're going to only play a handful of games probably anyway, and you go out and you tear an ACL. I'd rather do that at my combine where I have a little bit of insurance and um, or in a training camp. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I just, I mean, I don't think you're going to see any senior. I mean, other than a non-draftable, maybe, maybe a fringe guy who might not be draftable and is trying to become draftable. But you're going to see, I would say, seventy percent of all seniors sit. Well, I would say that if I, that they should just sit now. Why would you want to deal with this bullshit? May only play one game of a season and tear your ACL. Yeah, that's a really good I point, mean, actually. Because you know, I think it's more about. Well, you that, might be right. It's all. I think it's actually more about the fall. It's like if anybody, I mean, yeah, again, your top players who can risk their career, obviously, in the NFL, but then guys that want to play in the fall, it's like, well, I'd much rather play in the fall when everything's a little more calmed down than some other cluster F. And, you know, so, the, and that's going to, you know, that that's one of the biggest things I'm hearing is that you can't play whatever 20 games in eight and six months, or whatever. They can't do that. Well, if you, nine months, whatever it would be. They if you really care about concussions, you're not going to have that much violence. In right. a short period of time. Now, right. I'm not a doctor, so I don't know if that really makes that much of a difference. And here's another thing, guys. I don't think the spring is going to be that much different than the fall. Well, that's another. Y- yeah, I mean, <laughs> and I think people again, are starting to realize that. Yep. Where we are right now, better and this or worse, is this is us. This this is this limbo that we're in is kind of everybody saying, "What's the new normal going to look like?" I think you're. I think, I think you're we're here. It. I think we're in it. Yeah. You know? I think we're in the midst of it right now. And I know a guy who has COVID right now, and he says it sucks. It's terrible. It's like it's like the flu times. Point five. Well, it affects everybody differently. Again, yeah. you know, we're not scientists. We don't know. Well, it's not good. It's not good. Yeah. And the, the the bottom line is, until it's mitigated by a vaccine and has a significant die down in terms of 
um, how it spreads, we're going to be in this limbo. To your point, Jerry, getting back to college football, they almost have to play because they can't afford not to. Yeah. On the other side of it, they may not even be – And it is a, su- such it, an opportunity. And they may not even be able to play, which – they may not of, be able to play. Which is kind of Armageddon looking down the road. Like that's being college football fans like we are of, of football and basketball and lacrosse and everything else. That just breaks my heart to think that the landscape will never be what I what, what it once I mean, was. We're, we're getting ready to be in a situation, guys, where it's going to be a school on school decision. Does yeah, I, I think I think that's where we're yeah, going. Does yeah. Maryland want to play football? Do they do they not? You know? That's what it is. Right. And if you want to play football, we have these teams available for you to play. Mm-hmm. And then with a team like Maryland, does does Locke say, you know what, this is actually an opportunity for us? You know, we were we were going to be another you know four or five win team. We can you know we can still practice. No we way, we had little Tua. He got cleared, <laughs> which is great. I mean, I'm happy about that, obviously. Um, and to say, you know what, this we're just going to train and learn. We're not going to put our bodies at risk against other other teams. You know, save a little bit of money on travel, things like that. It's going to hurt, but this thing's a cluster. We we are going to sit this out. Yeah, you know, I, I we can, really don't have a chance. I it, do like Maryland. Re- maybe Maryland may be saving money, right, by not playing. Maybe maybe, maybe. I don't maybe, know. Or at least minimizing losses. Right, for one right. Year, right. We're, we're talking about. Yeah. We're not talking about making money and losing money. We're right. talking about mitigating losing losses. Right. Everybody's yeah. fucking losing. You got no right. fans anyway. Until you can yeah. put ninety thousand, you know, in Alabama or or in Auburn, they're they're not making money. You know, so they're they're offsetting their losses, um, and. Furthermore, I really do like the regional idea the more I think about it and almost roll it out like an exhibition yeah. and just say, you know, these six teams in the Mid-Atlantic have agreed to play one another. They're going to play in a round robin. In, in a round robin. Yeah. Bingo. These six teams in the Midwest, these six teams in the Upper North, these six teams, wherever it is, and, and they're going to play this roving schedule, right. and it's all about the TV dollars. And um, how cool would that be to see games that you normally don't see? That would be amazing. Yeah. Well, like, even you, games you're not even expecting. You know, say, hey, there's these 12 teams in a pool. There's going to be like six games because of other factors. We don't know who's playing when except for the first week. Right. We might not even know. So we might play West Virginia. We might not. And then we end up playing them. You know, we play you guys. That'd be awesome in, in terms of the Terps. You know, why not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> names out of a hat every two weeks or whatever, you know? Well, like you were saying, I mean. Or for, a ping pong ball. <laughs> Virginia. Seth Jones has 50 minutes of ice time. It's crazy. You could probably play more, too. So Faster. think about it, like Virginia, Virginia Tech, West Virginia, Maryland, um, James if, Madison, if James, they want to play. JMU, if you want to throw them in there. No, I mean, well, they can't. Their conference canceled. No, they may have a hard The smaller teams may have a hard time. My point is you've got major, major schools within you know a three- or four-hour bus ride of one another that you could totally pull something like that off. Right. But you can't call it the college football season. You it have to be. brand it as the college football exhibition. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, I mean, you know. you're right. I mean, there will be no national championship this no, year. There no, will no, be no, no um, you know, but – and if you're the SEC and all the teams want to play, you're going to be in a tremendous, uh, tremendous pressure to just play your conference teams, mm-hmm. to stay together. Right. I'm talking about the rogue teams from the Big, Big Ten – the Pac-12 is fucked because there's nobody else out there except yeah. them. Yeah, and no, they're fucked. Wanna, nobody's going to go out there and play. Yeah. They, so. don't, they don't like yeah. traveling within their conference right. on a normal year. You <laughs> I know, mean, let this alone will now. this will be an Eastern Southern, you know, conference. I schedule. I think you're right. Um, well, I, I heard rumblings too about the Big Ten. We we talked about the Big Three. You got Michigan, you got Ohio State, you got Penn State that are basically said we're going to go find opponents. And Nebraska, Nebraska, and Iowa is the other. Iowa is the yep. other one. The, Nebraska and Iowa were the the, the two, that, two right? yeah, that have basically said we are playing. So then, know? then the then what that what those schools are telling the Big Ten is sit down. You have no 
you have no power to tell us what we're going to do. And I'm wondering if, if some of the, the school presidents have told these coaches that, that hey, you can go ahead and say what you want because they can't do anything. They can, they can cancel the, our conference season. They can't do anything about what we do. I mean, the schedule, right. but, but the conference, at least in the Big Ten, was 12-2. to 2. The only two teams that didn't vote for it were um, Iowa and uh, Nebraska. Right. So, I mean, Ohio State's coach is going to overrule the president? It's crazy. I don't right. you know. But uh, like Jeremy said, you know that was a that was a hey, I'm going to vote this way because I want to keep my job. Right. <laughs> Coach yeah. is like, got it. I can do what I want. Cool. All right. Well, see we'll see. You but we'll, but we will know. I don't think there'll be any football, uh, college football in September. Certainly. No, I don't think so. Because it's going to take. It's going to be a logistical nightmare to get this thing set up and find teams that want to play. Did they score? Nope. Again, if you look at pro leagues that have restarted, it took the better part of 12 weeks Absolutely. to yep. get a game plan together, mobilize individuals, centralize testing, have a proper training camp, vet everyone, and then actually roll out an exhibition followed by a season. You're talking about college football teams uh, in upwards of 80 athletes 20 to tw- what, got, 20 That's why it's got to be regional. It's got to be. It's got to be players. I was just sitting, I was sitting know, here thinking to myself, how, many, fucking, coaches, how many charter flights are you going to have with 150 people? What the fuck, man? Yeah. The, and then you got to do the cost-benefit analysis. Right. And again, that's way above my pay grade. I'm sure that these guys know what they're doing because, let's face it, college administrators are all about the bottom line. Well, we'll, <laughs> see, we'll, we'll see, man, because now politics are going to get involved. You're going to have conferences. If, if you have rogue teams trying to play, they're going to be pissed off. Oh, gonna, of course. They're going to be telling their governors not to open up the stadium for, even for any sporting activity. You well, know. not to get on the political side, too. But well, now you there have, will but, be politics. But, but, but you have states now that are saying if you come into our state from another state, you have to self-quarantine and all these other right. things. You can't well, just, yeah. you know. I do think, though, you can mitigate that idea by saying, no, like, basically, wherever that game is played, it's it's a bubble for a week or whatever. Right. You show up Monday, you know, test before you get on your bus. Yep. Show up, maybe test when you get off the bus. Mm-hmm. and then, But you, you stay in one place. Like Again, if they come that to Maryland, is layers upon yeah. layers oh, yeah. upon layers of logistics. Yeah. Absolutely. Nightmare. That's why, yep. you, that's why you can't go more than one state over. I mean. You know? Yeah. Like, you know. Well, and why don't we just see a bunch of, like, red-white games over and over again? Intra-squad scrimmages. Put them on TV, you know? Um, yeah, we would probably watch them. Oh, I would. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, let's All talk right. about our boys. All right, guys, so let's get into it now. We have our Stanley Cup bracket, and I printed brackets for us because I really felt like we missed out because we didn't have, you know, uh, March Madness. We didn't have our brackets to fill out. I, I felt a void there. So the uh, everybody, everybody recedes. So. Oh, but I love it, though, because it's in a bracket format, and That's then they right. recede correctly, which right. I absolutely love. So Reseed is so necessary. Before we get into the Cap series, let's go ahead and start with the um, the Lightning and Blue Jackets because currently they are playing game one, and I want to go ahead and make our series prediction before we see a potential winner here in the third overtime, which is fucking insane. First game of the playoffs, and it's in three overtimes. So before this game ends, which could be after this faceoff, let's throw our picks out there for this first round. Columbus and seven. Columbus and seven from Jeremy. Tampa and six. I'm going to go Tampa in five. Um, I think Columbus did their uh, – yeah, they did the Cinderella last year. They they surprised the shit out of them. They're obviously playing them super tough right now. But uh, as this series goes on, I think the uh, the talent from Tampa will rise. Although I will say this: Columbus is a nightmare to play against. God, they're scrappy. They play boring. They follow Torts's style. An asshole. He's such an asshole, but he's so good at it. Uh, he wears like a, a cool sports sweater. He does. You know, he, he does. You know, he doesn't wear like a tie. He wears like a sweater. 
But it's yeah. like a, it's one, one of the new yeah. ones. For a while, he's wearing a jacket over that thing. I tell you, man, he's one of those coaches. He's a dying breed. Yeah, Did you yeah. see him just screaming at Dubois the other night, and then Dubois had a hat trick right after that. I mean, the, the guys like Torts are just they're 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 awesome, man. I like the way he picked up uh, Keith too after the the Toronto series. Yes, yeah, a lot of a lot of compliments yep. about him. That was very cool. Absolutely. So if you hear a, a yell or a shout here during the pod, it means uh, either Tampa or Columbus has ended game. Or one, someone so. died of exhaustion. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, Seth Jones is about to play 80 minutes of hockey. This reminds me of the Caps game when they went five overtimes and people were just collapsing on the ice. <laughs> it was like it was like orange juice, like old Little League. It was <laughs> yeah. just like you know, little orange slices on the bench in between shifts. All right, so let's get to our boys. So in the seeding round, which, by the way, was quite lackluster, both in the West and the East, I thought. Oh, what a, I like, thought the round robin best of five were super competitive because you had to win to get in. Right. The top four was a great idea, but you could tell they were like, now nah, you get it, now nah, you get it, now. Nah. Yeah. I mean, the, our our Russians are normally lazy, like in a regular season. This was even worse than that. Yeah, it was. It was I mean, Kuznetsov wasn't even trying in the Philly game. He was laughing most of the game. Actually. Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah. I mean, they they sat him for the last basically the period because he wasn't doing anything. <laughs> well, I will say this: um, one, one, and one in that round robin was perfectly fine with me. Um, I think that they sat Carlson for for all three games more as a precaution than I anything hope so. else. Uh, because it appears that he, he needs to come out with 25 minutes tomorrow. Well, it, it, it appears that he practiced and he's going to be a game time decision. That's what but, the, saying. but the word is he's going to play. Well, he better so, fucking play if he's practicing. I hope so, man. I mean, Victor really Hedman's so. playing. He's playing a whole fucking game, and everybody thought he was out for like a month. I thought I heard they were no no power play time for him, so they're definitely holding him back a little bit. I thought All right, I real quick, if that's the case. All right. I, I know that the conventional wisdom is you always put a D-man near the point on the power play for a couple different reasons, right? But it cannot be Orloff. No. I love Dmitry Orloff. He's tough. He's a fucking sneaky Russian. He's got a hard shot. He's a tough dude. Skates like the wind. He's a clusterfuck mentally, dude, though. That, his... his <laughs> kind of like Major, actually. His, <laughs> his, like major. his pass to Ovi on the power play looks like a slap shot. Yeah. Like some people like fake it and do a slap pass. I think he's actually, actually taking a slap shot over to Ovi. And it's like ten yeah. feet behind him, and put him in the face. Sometimes I mean, he is—he is a disaster up there. Well, let's let's be honest. If Carlson doesn't play, we're in big fucking trouble. Yep. And if yeah. he's not—if he's not effective, not just out there like just skating around. If he's not John Carlson, we're in big fucking trouble. See, I would almost do the opposite with him, Jay. I—I <laughs> I, I might suit up seven D, and Carlson's only getting power play time. Works for me. You know, I mean, seriously, can Kovalchuk run? That poor Okay, so my my the problem is Kovalchuk and Backstrom are the most have the most acumen to run right. the position. They're slow as dirt right now right. compared to these young guys. Yes. Yeah, they'll just get the, fucking the passed. Puck gets past up the point. It, it, it's, it's a breakaway. It, it is a breakaway. Yeah. you've got to put a D man back there. And he, Carlson's not the fastest skater, but he has the defensive instincts because right. that's what he plays. Right. Um, Orloff has the wheels, but he, I he mean, has no idea where he's going he's half a, the time. Dude, and I love he him. had he had the puck in in space. Did like four or five stick handling moves for no reason, and then just lost it. It wasn't even under duress or anything. And he just he cannot play there. <laughs> All right, so let's break it down. Right. So you got the Islanders and the Caps. Yep. Give me Todd. Give me who has the advantage on the offensively on the on the four lines overall. Oh, which team? The Caps by far. Okay. You know? Why? Uh, because they like to score goals. They're they're going to push the pace. They're they're going to get in your face. They're going to try and get zone time. They're going to attempt to oppose their will on you. That's how they play. They want to draw penalties. They want to get you know power play time and, and Ovi from the slot. The Islanders are a very passive team, and they'll kill you on the counterattack. 
So it might look like they're more offensively uh, dangerous, but it's because almost everything is predicated on the counterattack. Um, they sit in the neutral zone really well. They're very, very disciplined. Yeah, basically they, they sit back and wait for you to screw up. Bingo. And, yep. That's uh, kind of what Columbus is doing to right. Tampa. And that's why honestly. we're a little worried about Orloff. Um, but <laughs> no shit. Because he, you know, as good as many great plays as he makes, great hits, he can, you know, blast he's, that thing. He he's Rod Gardner, 50-50. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, he'll step up for a hip check and completely whiff and miss, and then it's a two-on-one the other right. way. So um, that that is worrisome a little bit. So to your point, defensively speaking then, the Islanders definitely have the advantage. Been, even they, with Carlson? Yes. Yeah. They, because Trotz, look, we saw well, it here in Washington. Well, play. I mean, they, exactly. they, you know, they, yeah. he uses what he has. Yep. They have, they have, they have solid goaltending. And they just, they, they're not going to give up many good chances. They'll give up 40 shots, but they can give up a lot of chances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you need, to, you need to take advantage of that and be a little passive on offense and just possess as I, far as I'm concerned. I, I love to hear you say that, Jay, because that, that old – Easier said than done, though. It, it is, but I, I'm thinking of the first cap Stanley Cup run back in the, uh, the late 90s mm-hmm. when they weren't that dangerous an offensive right. team per se, but they had the puck all the time because they were willing to grind and cycle. Yep. And guys like Oshie and Ovi – and Backstrom, they have just world-class skill. But those guys are tough as shit on the puck, mm-hmm. and they'll cycle it in the corner and wear your ass out. Yeah. I almost think that's what we need to do. I to mean, and you can do it through all four lines. And I yes. think where, where it really it stands out is going to be that third line, especially with Ellerback. He's going to miss the first game because you yep. don't have time to get a practice in before the game. So I think they want to sit him out till Friday. But that third line, with it, it, it's Hags, Eller, and, uh, and Kobe, right? Yep. So I think that and Kovalchuk is willing to play that grinding game now. He's, he's just so he's excited like, to be back yeah, in the playoffs. He wants he's, to be in the playoffs. Yeah. I think that, that if, if that third line you know, is picking up a goal every you know, four periods, we're going to do some damage. I, really I think Kovalchuk is actually a big, a, a, a big cog in this wheel. Because and on PP2, obviously. As absolutely. Well, so. He reminds me of like Victor Kozlov when we mm-hmm. had him at the tw- – yeah. tail end of his career, and you're like, oh, the numbers aren't the same. But every time he was out there, you're like, dude, this guy scored well, 40 before. The power play is abysmal. It's not it, very good. It just it just isn't that good, and I don't understand why. They have so oh, much your boy, talent. Your boy, Blaine Forsyth. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's got to be something, dude. It's, it's got to be something. You have so much freaking talent, but you can't even, you know, you get like two shots of power play. I'd rather them get two shots and have them both be OV Quality. wide open from the yeah. office and take my chances with that. Um but to well, your why point, Jerry, have to always be fucking Ovi. Can't I, you pass that shit around? Do something different. Well, that's just it. I think Philly. Are they creative? I think Philly deed us up perfectly on the power play. They overloaded that side, and of oh. course, because it was well, Orlov. How hard is that? Well, I mean, why, can't, why can't you counter what they do? Well, keep in mind they're not going to counter shit in those in these three or four games before the actual playoffs. I got you. You're right. You're, you're right. You're right. But you're. Um, but do you believe they're capable of countering? Capable of doing something different? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Capable of executing something different? We'll see. Right. See, to me, the X factors on the power play are Oshi and Wilson because those two guys are so creative. Oshi more so than Wilson. I say Wilson because he's creative with his body. He just he goes to open spots. He clears the crease out. I would rather see a nice power play entry and have Ovi be single, double teamed, whatever you want the whole time, never see the puck, and then have us create havoc in front because we're cycling the puck and we have those grinders that can get to the front of the net. All right, Jeremy. So Todd thinks that the Caps have the uh, advantage offensively. The Islanders have the advantage defensively. Do you agree? And then if you do, what do you think about the goalie situation? I agree completely. And Holtby is, I know it's only, you know, four games, but he's absolutely on fire right now. Um, Some people keep pointing to his season stats, which were awful, but 
a lot of those happened in about a 10-game stretch. You take those out, he's middle of the road at worst, and you've got the, um, you know, I'm just distracted by the overtime here. Um, anyway. Jeremy can't multitask. Uh, well. And, and, <laughs> no, and let, let's say that the, the Islanders may have played the wor- one of the worst teams in the opening <laughs> round. I mean, Florida was a clusterfuck. Absolutely. They were terrible. But, but I think also, and this could go both ways to an extent, but, I mean, who knows well, I'm off better than the Capitals. That's true. I mean, does, true. does Trotz and you know and that staff know Hopey a little bit? Sure, but that's not the players. The players know how to beat Well, I'm off, and I think you know. And last time we did play them, we beat them. Of course, they didn't. We had Trotz that time, and they didn't. Uh, I think that you know Trotz will probably out coach Reardon a little bit. Well, that's why I know Jerry's going to agree. Yeah, yeah, I know we got that. I actually don't. I think with the veterans on the Caps team, that's not going to matter in this series. They, they want to beat Trotz as bad as he wants to beat them. I got so you. Yeah, that's I, I, twenty to twenty to one. So here, here's sort of what I think. So, so you think Holtby can match Varlamov? I do. Okay. What about you, Todd? Yeah, I think so too. <clears throat> Holtby, when he's look, he's a he want he's like a starter that just always wants the ball. He's a little like Scherzer, and he'll have an inning where you're like, oh my god, and then you're like, how's he still pitching in the eighth? He right. just hope he finds a way. And he made that big cup run, and he has had seasons where he logged damn near 70 games and then played another 15 in the playoffs. And the guy is a workhorse. You know what? Like, everybody else has had a break. The break has been great for him physically. Yeah. And emotionally, when he's right in his own head, he looks amazing. Yep. And right now, to me, he appears to be right. So let's get to the elephant in the room. Do you think... A lot of people that I'm reading and a lot of pundits are picking the Islanders in seven, and the main focus is because Barry Trotz is a better coach than Todd Reardon. He's going to find a way to win. Do you think that has validity, or is it just something cool to say because you can say it without any accountability? Uh, All the above, I mean, honestly, because it's one of those where you can't really be wrong I mean, in making that statement. So I, I think, though, that, again, it's not about the coaches. It's about the players. It's like, you know, before we won our cup, I'm going to say we. I know I probably shouldn't. Um, we were always scared of our opponents. Who are we playing? Who are we playing? You know, who gives a shit? You want to win something, you got to beat anybody that comes in front of you. This right. is the matchup that I wanted only because you see Carolina yeah. and they're forechecking, and that's a team you want to play when they're beat up a little bit. Yep. So, okay. I mean, those guys looked amazing. So, All right, so we'll get to the other matchup. So let's go ahead and, and make your pick here, Caps Isles. What are you thinking, Jerry? <sighs> Caps and six. I like it. Jerry? I'm going to go Caps the six because I'm worried if it goes seven that coaching intangible may come into play, and, you know, I don't want to see that. I'm going to go Caps in seven. Um, I think it's going to be a nail-biter game seven. It might even be overtime, and I think we pull it out. I think there's going to be hugs all around. It's going to be love for Trots and the the boys and everything. The the first ten minutes of game one are you'll see how game one's going to turn out because I think, obviously, the Caps have been fucking – bullshitting around Mm -hmm. um and they're probably going to come out a little soft the islanders are harder because they you know played games that mattered and if they get up you know early to nothing it could be a problem but if the caps can maintain you know maintain some discipline in the first period right they'll settle down i must say i was quite impressed with the caps when they played tampa so it's the first game back in the restart and both teams were kind of going at it early on really i thought tampa took the play to us a, a bit they got up 2 nothing. I was like, oh, there it goes. And then the Caps battled back again. And even if you want to say, oh, it was a bullshit first game, it still meant something. Yeah. And they were still going at it. And uh, I, I was impressed with uh, the Caps' um, you know, perseverance in that game. 
All right, can, can we please now go to Philadelphia, Montreal, because we can say, hey, Penguins, you fucking suck. Hey, um, Brent Lechner, if you're listening, which I know you're not, but uh, you should be, I'm giving you a shout-out. Pittsburgh sucks. <laughs> so, well said. I think the biggest cheer in our, in our beach house last week when we were watching the restart was when Montreal <laughs> – um, finished off Pittsburgh. I mean, we high fived. We were like, "Holy shit!" I they can't believe lost, that just happened. Pittsburgh has lost like eight of the last nine games in the playoffs. Uh, Sullivan's f- history. Well, they've won one game since Oshie beat the shit out of Latang. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, pretty much. So when that when that matchup came out, very first thing that was said in my household was Pittsburgh should be scared as shit because you have Carey Price on the other side. And but, lo and behold, but it really wasn't. He you wasn't know what, like though, standing right. on his head. It no. was Pittsburgh looks. Oh, you know what it was? In the first period of each game, I think Pittsburgh took it to them, and Price gave them nothing. And right. he made these routine saves that another goalie would be flopping around, and you saw them start to grip the stick a little bit. And again, we've been on the other side of that as Caps fans. You know who's not very good anymore, or not very impactful? Malkin and Latang. Malkin looked, you said that our Russians looked dis- disinterested. He looked completely disinterested. Yes. I mean, um, I, I don't remember him being a factor at all. So Latang, since he's lost a step, is such a scumbag. Yeah, I mean that guy hooks but, but and that, slashes and but trips. That's, all, that's I mean, what you got to do to stay in the league. Of man, course, you know? of course. I, yeah. I don't fault him, for, dude. Yeah. I do the same thing, and that was when I was in my prime. Yeah, Fuck that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean I, we, I'm we, not faulting him for yeah. it, but what I'm saying is he's the scumbag on the other side that I hate, and he's even more of one now. Um, and what the fuck? What the fuck about Philly? When did they get so fucking good, man? They they're really good. All right. So I knew you were going to talk about them. So I wanted to do a little research. They are so balanced. It's scary and I don't know how they got that way. I don't but either. here's the one red flag if you're a Philly fan right now. Other than just probably being unemployed. <laughs> Carter Hart is young and yeah. unproven and he could be he could have a game where he saves 40 out of 41 and then he could give up four on his next five. Elliot is a very serviceable veteran, really solid dude, but he's almost like Theodore that the Caps had mm-hmm. back in the day. You're, you're going to get to him three, four times. It's I'm, just going to happen. I'm pretty happy that as the playoffs go along, and, and honestly, this is the matchup I wanted, right? I wanted the Islanders in the first. Um, rather Cor- than, By I, the way, I, right now, Corpusalo has 69 yeah. saves. Holy shit. I didn't shit. want Pittsburgh. I didn't want Carolina, specifically where they were playing in yeah. their style of play. Yep. Um, because they could run around the caps, I you know at, at least you know the caps the Islanders don't scare you offensively until you do stupid shit yep. like commit penalties and have turnovers, mm-hmm. which you know that's what a Todd Reardon team does. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, most what, most power plays given up in the league or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, so here's but, the so deal: I, if, if I, Carlson's not on the ice, well, our predictions and everything else are. are oh, Carlson's got to play, and he's got to be John Carlson. Yep. Yep, he's he's got to be the Norris John Carlson that we all, uh, you know, have seen over the last year and a half. Philly, uh, Montreal. I got Philly in uh, five. Um, I think that one's going to go seven. You do? I do. I think Philly wins it, but I think Montreal is going to give them all they can handle. They're playing with house money. Yeah, they are. Okay, yeah. if if this was a regular season, but at they some point they talent has have, to matter. I agree, but they would not have sniffed the playoffs if this was a regular season. Right. The restart for them was now. I'm not sold on their coaching. Claude Julien is kind of a, a, a rehash, but he has a cup from his Boston days. He's been to the finals multiple times. He's going to get these young guys to play really hard and really disciplined. If Philly goes out there and chokes a couple games away, you know they're going to start turning on each other, you know, and it's, it, it could get ugly. You never know if this can be a factor or not, but a lot of times now, again, this team wasn't going to make the playoffs before all this, but playing in Montreal carries a lot of pressure. 
They don't have to deal with that now. Uh, yep. Yeah, that could, you're right about that. that. Could help yep. a little bit. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go Philly in seven. What or, do you got, Jay? Yeah. I'm going Philly in six. Okay. Okay. All right, so let's move down to the uh, the last of the Eastern Conference matchups, and that would be the Boston Bruins and the Carolina Hurricanes. And I must say, this matchup being the the you know not having any horse in the race here, I'm going to love that matchup. I think it should be a fun series. I think they're going to beat the living shit out of one another. Um, Boston I, seems to be in a funk. They're in a total funk. They I, did not look good, but Jeremy called it. He's like, there's, well, there's so much yeah. talent on that team. Yeah, I, it, I got you, but they, they well, sucked at the end of the regular here, season. Here's my thing with they Boston. They, they play a physical game. They try to wear you down. Maybe not as much as they used to because they're getting older. But they need playoff intensity to ramp things up. These first four games were not that for them. Yeah. So just because they haven't been very good to me means nothing. Now, Carolina can skate if they can skate around them like they look like they can it's going to be trouble but then Boston will get dirty and then you know it'll become a series so I think it's going to be will kill somebody lick them or something I I I can see the series going where Carolina just puts it on them the first two games and then that third game Boston basically pushes all the chips in and they are just dirty fuckers the whole time Zdeno Charo is a liability oh yeah he's slow as dirt well he Um, basically gave the Caps that goal yeah yeah. yeah, he did um (laughs) Well, oh, and he was responsible for the second one too. So I, I love I love that matchup. I hope the series goes yeah, long right. because that means each team is going to wear the other out, and that's always what I want in the other matchups. Um, I want the caps out quickly, and I want the other teams to uh, you know I want the caps to be done with their series you know quickly, what, and then the they, caps the caps may just be comfortable at six or seven games. You know, I feel like do. a cop out every year because I'm like it's going to go seven, and then it fucking goes seven. Yeah. Like I every mean, time, I mean, we, it, it, it's more likely than not, and it's the caps so <laughs> yeah i mean they'll they'll have a couple games where they'll be in complete control and then they'll have a game where they fucking don't even show up right and it's usually if they get up to nothing you you can guarantee it's going to be a 2-2 series well all right so let's go predictions here for for boston and carolina i'm gonna go um i'm going carolina in six i'm going carolina in five i'm going carolina in six yeah, I was going to go Carolina 6, but I can't be like you douches. <laughs> no, you definitely don't want that. You're too amazing for that. Um, all right, do, we so have let's, to, do we have to talk about the Western? Yeah, conference? let's quickly go through it. Okay, so before we go over to the oh, West, who's in it? before we go over to the West, I must say that Columbus-Toronto uh, that series, game on, on the, the entire series was fucking phenomenal. Dude, I went to bed. It was 3 nothing. Which game? I was, it was game, <laughs> there was two of them. game 5 or game 4. It was three nothing Columbus. Like four Toronto, minutes ago. Yeah. yeah, Toronto came back and scored. And you know, three in goals. game three, it was the opposite, right? I had no idea. Toronto was up three. Columbus stormed back. Dubois got a hat trick. Went to overtime, and Columbus won it. And We're then going the next to the game, fourth overtime, boys. Un fucking real. God, I love playoff hockey. God, how are they good? I mean, this kills them. If you lose this game, like mentally, you're so fucked. Oh, absolutely. That's why the Lightning have to win this game. They have to, based you're on right. what happened last so, year. Yeah. Uh, all right, so. Toronto. How funny will that be? I'll pour one out for you, but man, looking at their last like 15 years of, of playoff ineptitude, we talk about our teams and we're like, oh, you know, they have, we have a Stanley Cup. We have a World Series. You know, we've had college teams that have had some decent, you know, success here and there. Toronto is like the, the mecca of hockey in the world. They haven't gotten past the first round in 15 years, Jerry. Let alone make the playoffs half those years. And, they, and every one of their players are superstars. Uh, they're Pretty unbelievable. Much. You know? 
So I, I feel bad for that fan base because, I mean, they're an exciting team to watch, but that's got to be just hey, frustrating. Toronto fans, you know who's going to be available? Mike Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he might do great there, actually. No, he won't. It's <laughs> Toronto, dude. <laughs> All right, so real quick, let's go off to the West because, um, quite honestly, I, most of these matchups really don't intrigue me, but that's why they could be exciting. Um, so the top seed in the West is the Vegas Knights against Chicago. Chicago, very similarly to Montreal, shouldn't have been there, and yet they won their first-round matchup and, and find themselves up against Vegas. I'll go first this time. Absolutely no chance for Chicago. Nice that they got there. I think Vegas rolls in five. I'll say Vegas in four. I'll go Vegas in six. Nice. All right, next matchup. This one, this one could be a good one, Colorado and Arizona. I think Colorado was a little disappointed not to get the top seed, but they didn't really look great in those first four. Again, who knows what that really means. Um, Arizona looks good. They're young. Yeah, they're brash. They got really good tandem goaltending, yep. which might be perfect for this style of tournament right now. You know, they, both guys are in the low twos, goals against average. They get a right. lot of ice time. Um, I think this one's going to go seven, and I'll just give it to the team with firepower, and I'll say Colorado in seven. Same. I'll say Colorado in six. All right. And then we go to Dallas and Calgary, who are currently playing right now. Uh, I think Calgary was up, but it was 3-2 last I saw. I think this one's going to go 7 as well. And I'm actually going to go Dallas on this one in 7. Calgary in 7. Calgary in 6. I'm rooting for Calgary for sure. I'm just doing my, uh, my logical thinking. Um, Either way, you're pleased. I know, exactly. Uh, and our last matchup in the West, and this one is a fucking snooze fest as far as I'm concerned. St. Louis and Vancouver. Uh, look, St. Louis won the cup. I love them to death, but they just they look old and slow. And Vancouver is young, but they just really don't have any household star power. And they drop off a cliff after that star power. I'm going to go ahead and say St. Louis in six just because they're the grizzled veterans, and Bennington will probably steal it. Vancouver in seven. Nice. Yeah, I do think this is a snooze fest, at least for us, you know, Eastern Conference fans. But at the same time, you do have the Cup champs against a, a Vancouver team that had some damn good runs. This and Markstrom's been absolutely on fire. He's been so great. It yeah, could actually call. end up being a good series. That, but I probably really won't watch because it'll be on too late, and I'm getting old and too tired to watch this shit. But I'll go ahead and take St. Louis in seven, just because of the Cup champs. I don't think they're going down in the first round, even though we did. So we'll see. Well, either way, I'm super excited because yeah, I think the product you. that hockey has brought back has been really, really good. Let me ask you something before we go, and this is another shout-out to my, my friend Matt Domer. Um, <laughs> I hope you're listening. Get to get a job or something. Stop, didn't, didn't uh, stop texting had, me. That's so many friends. I'm glad yeah. to hear it. Um, <laughs> He's got many Pittsburgh friends, which, which begs the question, are they really oh, friends? Oh, I was killing them. <laughs> I was killing them. Hey, but let me ask you something. So in the last – Game the Cavs played the kid played for Gudis Martin for how you say his yeah. last name Fairberry Fairberry. Do you think he gets a sweater? Do you think he's earned it? Because a lot of people said he was lights out and so much better than Gudis. So when we had Dave on early in the season, he loved that kid's game. He's like, this guy's like, a legit top I mean, six NHL. Seven, seven or eight, seven or eight hits, pretty. Yeah. Maybe and he may, he may have been the only person on the ice that actually won the play. I think this is going to be. I think you're going to see a different lineup almost every game because you have to keep guys fresh because it's so different. They haven't done this before. And like Jeremy said, if this is a tough, grinded-out matchup, you need Gudis in the corners, slashing, cross-checking, doing whatever. But Farivari can skate so much better. If it's a free-flowing game, I, I err on the side of the skater every but time. But how do you know the kid can't handle it? I, I think if we see Gudis in this series, we're in trouble. You honestly. think so? Because... If if Carlson can't go, 
I think Faribari showed enough. He's, he, sh he should start the series. Uh, I don't want to see Gudis out there fucking up until we need him to beat somebody to death. Pretty yes. much. <laughs> that, that's so, what I think. Because um, he's, he's a goal a game. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, mean and I, actually, I, I like him. I just, with, <laughs> he just, he can't keep up. And it's too bad. Um, you know, if we need to play him once or twice, that's fine. But if we're seeing him in their game one, I'm a, a little worried unless they just don't want to throw Faribari out, out there in the first game. So, Jeremy, who's your, let's say Carlson doesn't go. Who are your pairings? I think you got to go with what they went with last game. I don't want to give Ori that much ice time. I think he's better with a little less. When he can just be shot out of a cannon every shift, he's, he's a much better player. He can't do that when he's playing almost 30 minutes. Um, so I think you're going to see Dylan and, uh, and Orly. And then what was it? It was uh, Jensen and um, Seeks. And Seeks was that the second pair? Yeah. So um, – I, I don't love it, but I think they need to spread it around. I, I don't think you're going to see. How many minutes did Fairbury get the other night? Like 15. 12, 12 well, to 15. We're going yeah. to see 10 to 12 out of him if he's playing. Man, see, um, I think if, if Carlson doesn't go, man, Dylan is going to play his. Dude, I got to tell you, I, I love his minutes. game. Yeah. I love his game. But if Carlson can be Carlson, which I'm expecting, right? Um, you got Carlson, uh, Kempney. Has, I, he, has I, he been playing better? He's been playing great. I thought he's been playing pretty well. So maybe. Maybe Dylan, he slides up there on that first pairing. Very well could. You know. Sorry, what did you say, Jerry? So it would be Carlson, Kempney, because that's the oh, yeah. first pair. Yeah, I right? think I can definitely And then Dylan pair. and Orloff. Mm -hmm. yep. And that's, that is a second pair. It's fantastic. And then you can hide that third pair. Yep. You know, you can go Jensen, Siegs, Faravari, yep. um, Gudis. Again, I think you're going to see eight or nine different defensemen when it's all said and done right. because that's the way the playoffs are. Hey, right. brother, Todd Reardon, I don't want to say you're not – or you're coaching for your job, but I'm not going to say you're not coaching for your job. And listen to this podcast. We're really, really, really smart. And that, that's something else that, you know, everybody's poo-pooing out. Who cares about home ice? There's no feet out at home. There's no fans. But, you know, last change is still always going to be important. And especially if you have little concerns about your third pair, that could be huge. Here's so. why I think the Caps will win. Okay. I, think, I think they will come out a little bit hungrier. It won't be pretty. But in a neutral setting – Talent usually wins, mm -hmm. and I think the Caps. The longer they play, the more they'll see. They already know. I mean, these teams know each other. It's not oh, like yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. But but they'll get they'll get a rhythm and be able to uh, to get by. But I, I think you make a good point on the neutral setting. I think that that favors a very measured team like the Caps that have been there, done that, and they don't need the rah rah to get going. They don't. They don't need you know? a rah rah. Right. And they like they played. They home, played better on the road all year. They, played, they, they were a very good road team. They were a good road team. I don't think it hurts the Islanders, but I do think it, it could help the Caps. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, some of the youth of the Islanders could probably feed off of some of that Nassau Coliseum, yep. you know, ruckusness. And oh, absolutely, without, without that there, you know, it, it could work to our advantage. We'll see. I mean, Trot scares me. Oh, yeah. He's, he's just, just, just so just, solid and yeah. consistent. And Again. This may be a McClellan, fuck you, look at the mistake you made. <laughs> yeah. Let's just... Well, I mean, if they if they listen to people like you, you said that a year ago. Oh yeah, <laughs> and they got get they got to get rid of Forsythe. They should fire him like now, and bring in Jeremy. Mid game, like the very first slingshot <laughs> yeah. on the first power play. I mean, yeah. Think about that message you're sending. <laughs> We're down a coach. And nobody's gonna like me because I probably won't do the slingshot. And Ovi ain't seen much more than a minute ice time on a power play if I'm out there. So. I completely agree with you. We are, we we've been we've been yeah. championing years. that for years yeah. now. You're right because you know. it, it gets stagnant. Oh yeah, you know. Well, so uh, do you guys want to spend any time on the NBA restart? <laughs> you couldn't care less. <laughs> well, they're playing, and nobody's getting you, you sick, do know right? that the uh, You do know that the Wizards have not won a game, right? I heard that somewhere. Yeah. 
I only, I only know that because I looked it up well, on the way. They're in. the worst franchise in the well, NBA. Oh. Oh, hey, the, can no. we pour? A, can we pour some uh, a forty on it for uh, Darius Geis's career? Uh, Dumbass. We hardly knew ye. Thank goodness, as it turns out. Well, watch him be acquitted. Go to San Francisco and have ten consecutive thousand yard seasons. Yeah, not on those uh, knees. Sorry, yeah, brother. He's, he's, His, uh, well, apparently, he got hurt too last day of practice. Yeah, you know what? I mean, there's a there's a reason. And I will say, there's a reason why the cat or the uh, the, the, the Washington Football yeah, Club, the Redskins, I was calling the Redskins, the Redskins loaded up on running backs. It's because they were not, yeah, they weren't sold on anyone. No, no. And again, if Geis had turned out, his upside was huge. But like you always say, Jerry, when somebody plummets like that in the draft, there's a reason for it. You we'll know. see what Bryce Love can do. He uh, might, he if, might be your guy. If he's healthy, he's a hell of a player. Yeah. So we'll see. And that kid, the, the, the new kid from Memphis. I mean, you got some firepower. As soon you as, can get as, Peterson. as soon as we heard the, the news about guys, Jeremy and I looked at each other. We're like, there was a reason for that draft pick from Memphis, man. You I mean, know, you can they, get you can get Peterson. You know, fifteen, eighteen carries a game, keep him somewhat fresh, and then get change of pace. Let's oh, yeah. see. Let's see if they can implement yeah. it. And I mean, it never hurts are, to have that veteran presence yeah. back they there. They are talent starved. They need. <laughs> that's, they, for, that's a fact. Know? But at least at running back, they're. They're deep relatively. I mean, because you see, you got McKissick, who's going to be a third down back. You got a bunch Barber of sixes, but you got a bunch of sixes. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. You know, you it's don't have any twos. Whereas receiver, they may only have like four guys that can actually. They play. may have a bunch of twos at wide receiver, <laughs> and then McLaurin is an eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, so we're not going to waste our breath on the NBA because uh, it's been extremely Who boring. Um, so hopefully next week, whether it's next week or maybe even we do it after the first round of the playoffs. Reseed, reset. See where the hopefully the Caps will still be playing. We'll kind of see where they slot in, and then we can see how how brilliant or uh, completely ridiculous we are. Come on, Russians, man! Yeah, you, you guys got the vaccine. Give me a playoff win. Let's That's go. Right. Uh, yeah. So my ode to the Caps this week is: I hope that you are excited to be there. I hope that you're in it for the long run. Haglin said that uh, the best early on. They said, you know, depending on how long you're here, and he's like, I hope it's all nine weeks. He's like, we, we plan on being here for the long run. And uh, I hope that mentality is, is, is you know, uh, reflective across the board. Win the day, baby. Just win the day. That's it, man. All so right. go Caps. Good to see some live sports and be safe out there. Wear your fucking masks, you Wear animals. your masks, dumbass. <laughs> see you. Until then, wings, beers, and tears. Peace. Peace.